Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Hey, let's do it live on a Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Merely Bo, the great Z, the Hoff will join here for the last 90 of the program as we uh, do it live on what is obviously a very, very disappointing Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I guess I think we should start here, my friend. Um, How do we want to judge this team? I don't know how to answer that. Do you mean harshly? Do you mean Well, what I mean is like you you said, you you go into a season um, and – and you say, okay, I'm judging this team against the very best in the National Football League. Okay. Are you judging this team as a playoff contender? Are we judging this team as a winner of the AFC North? Are you judging this team as one that can be a team of consequence in the postseason? My aunt, my question, my hunch is it's probably one of those four or five kind of ideals is how it's, we're judging them. This is a team that should be in the playoffs, period, full stop. Okay, so I agree with you, short of the – Super Bowl best team in the league situation. You have we that just ability, have not shown that at all. Right. We just have not shown that at all. We did show that. We showed that against in the way that we performed against the Tennessee Titans. Because if you think about the Titans have beaten on the other ends of that, the Chargers, yeah, who are people think are of as a playoff team, and then stomped the Bengals. The Bengals, Bengals are in they have big issues. Problems. That's fine. Big problems. But what we did to a team that was put 27 points up in those other two games and held them to three, that showed a level of dominance, and then our offense was dominant against them. So I felt, I feel like when we play like that, we have that kind of a ceiling. Now, did we get a chance to even evaluate that? No. I think if today's show was 28-3 and Deshaun Watson played yesterday and was healthy, this is a completely different show, and then I think there are real concerns. You're 2-2. and Should you be 3-1? and Absolutely. But... The season is – you have not lost the season in this opening stanza. You have not capitalized on this opening stanza as you could have. And you have 13 games left to become a team of consequence. And quite frankly, the teams that are playing the best through September, sometimes they go on to win. I saw a thing from DVOA, the Football Outsiders, that the number yeah. one team in DVOA after week four has not won the Super Bowl in six straight years. Yeah, It's about being good late. There are a lot of opportunities for that. Yesterday was just devastating in the sense that we went into it all thinking Deshaun Watson was going to play, and we'll hear from head coach Kevin Spancy. He thought he was going to play as well. And that you had a chance to beat this Ravens team. And then when he did not play and it became apparent pretty quickly 
Yeah, we were not going to have a chance to beat this Ravens team with with DTR at quarterback, and that's no knock on him. Fifth round rookie. This is a, it's a different speed, man. This isn't the Pac-12. It's not the preseason. It's not the preseason. No, it is a very very different situation, and we we learned that in a harsh way, and it kind of compounded with you. This was the game where our defense finally had a bad tackling performance. We really hadn't mm-hmm. had one of those. We'd been great. So no, you want to judge this team as a playoff team. Now. That team that we put out there was not the team that would go to the playoffs. And I think yesterday was a day that you felt the loss of Nick Chubb substantially because oh, baby. in the past yeah. you would have said, all right, we're going to try to squeeze the football, turn this into a Nick Chubb game, run it you know, 30 times. But you didn't have that. And so it, it was a tough – it was tough. It was tough to watch. It was brutal on offense. I think the Ravens kind of in the second half shut it down a little bit. They were just like, okay, we 21 points is yeah, we'll get out of here. It is we enough. don't need any more than that. It, it's enough to win this game. Um, but Lamar played very well. Looked like the guy who was you know, the MVP a few years ago. Threw mm-hmm. it efficiently. Ran it. All four of their touchdowns were either by his feet or his arm. Mm-hmm. It was tough. It was tough. It was a tough game. I do want to point out, though, one positive, and Chris Rose was adamant that I share this all with you. We won time of possession yesterday. Oh, there you go. That's a that's critical. So we're four and zero in time of possession. Four and zero in time of possession. Zero and four in the turnover battle. We had more plays than them too. Zero and four in the turnover battle, though. Yeah, four straight of that. Three I of asked, them by double by oof. two or more. Yeah. Um. Well, this one wouldn't the last at the end. That's the last one. But it, it was the, still two to one at that point. Two one. Yeah. Um. I asked the question because as we head into this bye week, and you say, you know, what are the 2023 Cleveland Browns? And if you would have gone from the start of the season, you would have said, if you asked that same question, I would have felt better about it because obviously you have Nick Chubb and you don't have Nick Chubb anymore. So to me, I don't really know what this team is going to be going forward. I have a pretty good idea they're going to play great defense, but they also have, it's got to be complimentary football. And that's not what happened yesterday. It was it was really inconsistent obviously quarterback play just dreadfully inconsistent um and it was a quick turnover to them and then you're right back on the heels again it's you're right the defense didn't tackle well but they also were put in a brutal spot to try to have any type of success whatsoever no and i think overall they still had a pretty solid game on the defensive side of the ball it was not our best performance the number of missed tackles i think we had 11 according to pro football focus which was the highest of the season by a wide margin um no it wasn't our best game at all just sucked like going into the bye week like because it lasts for two weeks it's two weeks of this now and you could have got three and one week yes if this and if this game had happened two weeks ago we lost the Steelers and the Ravens back to back one and two skies falling then we put a beating on Tennessee and you're two and two the timing win go into it It, of course it sucks it's not fun the highs are high the lows are low this is the roller coaster of the National Football League this Browns team still has the ability to do everything that we believed it had the ability to do at the start of this season and so will they be able to do that will they go out and be able to, you know, on a consistent basis win? That's you, the question. Can I push back just for a second sure. as friends? Do we? Do we what? Have what we had at the beginning of this season to accomplish everything that we wanted? Yeah. Because we don't have Nick Chubb anymore. I understand that, but if Nick Chubb is going to derail your season on even whatever level it is, it wasn't going to be a season of consequence anyway. This is a but quarter, maybe that was true. This is a quarterback league. Maybe that I, – I understand it, but, like – the drop from him, we were, it, it appears, even in the win against Tennessee, which was certainly an outstanding win. And they are a historic run defense. To be and fair. they are, yeah. Um, you, do, you do just wonder, though, it is just, the, the margin is so much 
less without Chubb. And we are going to have to play games in inclement weather. We haven't had to do that yet, uh, other than the opener where it was downpour. But we have not. We're going to have to play games in December and January if we're to accomplish the things we think are possible. We're going to have to do so while throwing the ball predominantly because we don't run it well. And that isn't just a factor of Nick Chubb. We don't block it well. Our running. line is playing bad. Our offensive right line now. run blocking is brutal, atrocious. So Nick Chubb covered up a lot of that stuff and would have covered it up in December. Um, and so I understand it's quarterback league. You don't have to tell me that. I get that. I know you know I know that. But Nick Chubb allowed for a, a tremendous margin that is gone because you could have relied on him. He's five yards every time you get in the ball. That's gone. And there isn't anybody out there that can do that. And you don't have anybody on this roster that can do that. No. They've got to block better. Harrison Bryant has got to block immensely better yeah. in the run game it's bad it, it it was bad and there really wasn't a lot a lot of ways to go I mean I'll pull up right now but I'm pretty sure the contact on running was it could not have been great our yards after contact or so we had 84 of our 93 rushing yards came after contact so that means we're getting contacted at the line of scrimmage in this game so it felt like yeah, we averaged 3.7 yards per carry. We averaged 3.4 yards after contact per carry. So nobody's good there. By the way, mm -mm. if you're getting a yard of push, now all of a sudden we're averaging four and a half yards a carry. If you're getting a two yards of push, we're averaging five and a half yards a carry. That, and that's what a yard is, feels doesn't feel unreasonable to be able to do that. The Browns had in this game, obviously, some just... <sighs> Some wild plays in the run game. We had a 20-yard loss, which I think is the first one that has not I've happened. I've never seen that. No, I haven't seen it either. Um, I thought it was a – I thought – I knew it was going backwards a lot, but when they initially on television, when they put the graphic up, it said uh, – because that was on first down, right? Yes. It said second and 23. And I went, okay, I mean, that really sucks to lose 13 yards on first down. That really, really sucks. But, I, oh, no, they just hadn't had a chance to update it. It was second and 30. Yeah, second and, you and go, 30 what are we doing? Yeah. And I think what happened, and it probably happened for a bunch of players, it certainly happened with, I think, your your rookie quarterback. Um, you had a bunch of guys that felt the need to try to make something out of nothing sometimes, and yeah. in doing so was a tremendous detriment to the team. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it was a tough performance to watch. It was, it was bad. Brutal, At one point on the broadcast, uh, Chris Rose, we have a thing, the game summary, and I said, here's my summary. Bad. Like this was yeah. just, it was bad. Uh, and it was tough. It was tough. I, I got a chance to talk to DTR today, and obviously he's very disappointed about the way that things went, but he's going to continue to work hard so that if he gets another opportunity like that, it goes better this time. I think that the way that it all went down was very difficult on everybody in the sense that I can tell you, and people can believe it or not, and I think you kind of heard our head coach say it, they, the expectation on Sunday morning for everybody wearing brown and orange was that Deshaun Watson was going to play quarterback that day. Mm -hmm. And then that did not happen. Mm -hmm. And so you had a game plan where, yes, you're still put in a plan for Deshaun. You obviously have to make adjustments on the fly. It happens all the time. But if your quarterback gets hurt, you know, it's obvious there. But this was a, a tough situation, I think, for everybody, and we did not probably in terms of, and I think Kevin Stane said we had to coach better, and we'll hear from him momentarily, but – and we had to play better, and, and we did not. We did not, and we were outclassed by a perennially strong, strong team. And I know people say, well, the Browns you know, barely beat them last year when they didn't have their quarterback and their running back. And I'll mm -hmm. remind people again, 
Tyler Huntley's a pro bowler, so their backup quarterback's a pro bowler. You can't use that to your advantage, Ed. As a negative example, the biggest joke in the history of the Pro Bowl, Ed, to your advantage. Making well, you point. saw I was laughing while I saying know, it. I know. I, I said it on the broadcast, gotta, too, and Chris Rose, yeah. Chris Rose was like, wait a second. You, you got to stop. He's like, come on, man. We're not allowing he's that like, here. come on, man. So what do you mean? He's a Pro he's Bowler. A pro, yes, he is. What do you want? What did I do? He was in the skills competition. I saw it. I saw it myself. I think Chris said something like, you know, with both of his touchdowns that he threw in the entire season. I said, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's he right. said there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he did. Um, anyway, and his robust 77.2 quarterback so, rating. But nonetheless, we beat them at the end of last year barely, right? 24-22. Yeah. We took a mile scoop and score to kind of ice that game for us. That's where we've got to be. Now, I think Huntley, undrafted free agent, right? This was not a guy that all of us, you know, he had started a couple games the year before because yeah. Lamar had been banged up before, so it wasn't his first start. And we all know what, you know, not that Justin Fields has gone on to have a stellar group, but we all remember at first energy stadium, his first start. Yeah. When we sacked him, I believe, a franchise record nine times. Yeah. He was great yesterday, by the way, against Denver. Uh, 28 he, to 30, so four touchdowns through one brutal pick at the end. But, by God, they're Well, for so a while, he was, I mean, he, he was like didn't have 18 an to 19, 19 yeah. to 19 or something like that. By yeah. the way, I don't know if, I, since we're on a day of sadness, yeah. I won't get too excited about it, but ya boy. Toot, oh, I, toot. Th- I think you should get excited. You toot toot on the scores. Did you crush? It? I did. I'm winning too. Yeah, I did all right. Yeah, yeah. I was thirteen and thirteen and two. I told you you had one in you. I knew you had two. one in you, buddy. How'd you feel about that uh, that that Chiefs one? Did you have that one? Yes. Remember, you're like, don't do it, don't do it. And I had, I had Patrick Mahomes, man. I had the oh Chiefs. Oh my god. I had the Chiefs from the underdogs. I had I had Tennessee. I had. Uh, I took Buffalo. Remember, we talked about like everybody. There's no way that Buffalo's not covering. Right, right, I thought right. That they was the Vegas them, yeah. one, and then they hammered. I had Houston. I was betting with my uh, or or saying speaking from the heart. I had Washington covering, so I got very very lucky. Yeah, that the the Kansas City one was about as brutal as can be. That was that the happened. right play. It was the it right was. football unless play. Unless you have Patrick Mahomes in fantasy, and unless you have Kansas City. On the scores. On the scores. Yeah. Then it, then it's not the right thing. I got I, it. I did want to ask you this, though, because I do think there's something that, that you had said, and we'll hear from Coach in a second, that the expectation was Deshaun Watson was going to play yes. Sunday. Um, so then – The joy I, was not did not last long. We'll go right I know. We're right. Yeah. Well, I okay. do think right, we, have to, we, owe, we have <laughs> yeah, to have right, this no, conversation, and okay. then we'll have all the pure joy and all okay, that. Okay. All right. Fun. At the very least, from a criticism standpoint, I think it is fair to criticize the communication gap that occurred last week because if there was even any inkling that he wasn't going to play DTR should have had much more in terms of he got the reps well right but we were on here Friday saying that 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 the walkthrough all of that stuff was Deshaun so like yes if all of a sudden like like there should have been better I think it's fair to question like was the credit was the conversation the dialogue straight all the way through or was it just hopeful was Deshaun like hopeful he could go and then couldn't at the last minute like what changed because we quite frankly appeared very ill-prepared to play a backup quarterback on Sunday fair I think that I think that's fair I think that I mean the expectation was that he was going to play I, I think that the word shocked and stunned that he did not would be apropos in this situation so okay so then that gets back to the communication issue that happened between somebody to and you'll hear from coach he's he's tony asked the question and he answers it that he you know he's medically cleared and all of that so like 
Uh, and obviously, and Coach gives the right answer. He says, look, he knows his body better than anybody else. And, and that's, that's the deal. I, I think that people – like, if he knew his body on Friday, then there should have been more for DTR, a more real approach Friday and Saturday maybe, and maybe more of an expectation that Deshaun wasn't going to play. I do think that, that needs, that's worth questioning. That's fair. But remember, even talking to Mary Kay Cabot at his locker room, and I want to say yeah, on Friday, Friday, he told her, I am I know. going to play. I again, I, it could very well be on his end that the communication needed to be better. Well, I think that I think that that's fair. I think obviously he was a gamer. He wants to play. He's a guy that has played through. You know, this is the first time he's missed a game due to injury since he tore his ACL in 2017. He's played right. with rib issues, lung issues, all of it. Drove 12 hours to Jacksonville. Um, it, it was again, like I said, it was a shocking development, and I do think it caught everybody off guard. And you could, I think, if you were going to say that that should never happen in the NFL. You should be caught off guard for a circumstance. I think that's, you know, that seems fair. Um, but like I said, the ex- he, I don't think anybody woke up on Sunday morning thinking he wasn't playing. No, no. So I think that so there, that something, there was a, a fail somewhere in there. Yes. To, for that to be the case and to be truly shocked that that was the case on, on Sunday morning. And that's the thing. The good news is you're two and two. And yes. if if you go, it sucks that you're one and two in the north, but two and two keeps your head above water. And the other thing about it is, is everything else that's going on in the AFC couldn't have gone better for you. It went pretty well. That's a, and that's the, you're like, welcome from C.J. Stroud. You get Tennessee putting it on the the Bengals. Folks have huge issues. They Burrow cannot drive the football down the field, and it's like they're so trying why to is throw he him. I think they think he gives them their best chance, but the thing that they're trying to do is they're trying to throw him. It's like they're trying to throw him healthy. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like yeah. they can run it; they could run it against Tennessee, and instead they just—it's like I said—they were just trying to. Th- it seemed like to me like they were just trying to throw him healthy. It's the damnedest thing. It is very so unique, but uh, they have big, big problems. Finite, big problems. They go to Arizona this week, and then I think they got Seattle at home before their bye. So they have two more weeks before a bye. So they almost have to question like, do you? If you try to win at Arizona, then sit Burrow no matter what against Seattle to try to get him healthy. Um, Pittsburgh was is dreadful and was drilled. That's the one. So what happened, what happened to us yesterday was tough to watch. It was awful. But I'm going to tell you, you line up DTR in his first start against Lamar Jackson, you're going to lose that game the majority of the time. Period. Right? I mean, I just think that's fair. The game that is we look back in this opening quarter that, you know, has that got away from us was that Steelers game. Yeah. That's the one that if there comes a time where we, you know, are ruining, oh, that one game, that's the one we're going to be looking at. 100%. We should have beaten them. That would have put us two and one in the division, three and one at worst at the end of the first quarter. That was the one that really got away. What happened yesterday, I think we'll look back on with regret of how it unfolded and the surprise of how it unfolded. But I think that once it was what it was, that was going to be it. We were not the favorites to win that game anymore. No. So that was a tough one. You would have obviously liked it to give yourself a chance, but it felt like as I watched that game, it felt like the only way we were going to win that game as it began to unfold was if we did what the Steelers did to us, which was turn two plays into 14 yes. points when our yeah. offense was on the sideline. No doubt. No doubt. Um, all right. You'll hear from Coach. Within the last hour, he was at the podium. Um, the other thing that was just pure crud about this is everything else was perfect. The conditions were perfect. Hoff day. Like, everybody wins, and then you just you have that result, which just 
Uh, it sucks, quite frankly. You'll hear yeah. from Coach coming up next. The Hoff will join us. We'll go around the NFL as well. We're off and running. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. If your game plan for this season includes buying or selling a home, Howard Hanna has the answers delivering a winning strategy from breaking down the game of real estate. As the market's leaders in Northeast Ohio, more buyers and sellers trust Howard Hanna to their winning home team. Visit howardhanna.com slash Browns today for more. And now here's Coach Stefanski at the podium. Okay, injury front. Uh, Ethan Posick is dealing with a uh, knee injury uh, and a chest uh, injury. He will. Uh, he's day-to-day. Uh, if we had a game this week, likely wouldn't have made it but good thing that we're on a bye uh this week and then miles is dealing with a foot injury um again day to day uh but feel good about him uh, you know obviously watching the tape it's you know you're disappointed you're frustrated um but we gotta own it, it, it it's uh we're sharing the wins we're sharing the losses and uh we're two and two football team which means uh there's some good and there's some bad so that's what today this week is about identifying some things uh, that we need to do better and, and fix them uh, and that, that's what we're going to do. So watch the tape with the guys today, point it out, coach off of it, and and get better next time. But with that, I'll take any questions. Yeah, Kevin, just wondering, in light of what went down with uh, Deshaun yesterday, I know you said there was no structural damage, but do you feel like, uh, you know, do you guys feel like you need to, over this bye weekend, you know, look a little further into uh, what's going on with the shoulder medically and make sure that everything is cool in there? Yeah, I'm comfortable, Mary Kay, just with the with the medical. Uh, I know Deshaun. Obviously, we talk with the doctors. We structurally, we feel good about it. He's going to use this week to rest and continue to get treatment. Uh, but yeah, I feel I feel like medically, we're all on the same page. Kevin, um, the bye week is usually the time of the season to acquire players if you feel there's a need. Backup quarterback at all in your thinking, uh, or can PJ Walker be merged into a more prominent backup role? Yeah, I, I think, you know, coming off of yesterday, obviously Dorian's disappointed. You know, that's the first outing for him. He will continue to get better. Uh, but that, that's really where my focus is, Tony. Uh, one follow-up on Watson. You said yesterday, it, pretty much it was his call. So he was medically cleared to play. If he would have said, I'm good, he would have played? Yeah, yes. And, and you, know, you know, let me... Uh, say this tony i mean he knows his body he's played through serious pain before very very serious injuries um it wasn't a matter of pain tolerance or anything he just did not feel like he had his full faculties yeah kevin just to follow up on that real quick um you guys dealt with a similar situation with baker and i realize they're independent but as far as you know the players saying i'm i'm okay and and typically players always going up leading up to a game say they want to play did you have any indications during that practice week, aside from him not being able to throw a lot, that there was a potential he would not be able to go? Because it seemed like Saturday night, the word coming from the team was you guys were really, really confident Deshaun was starting. Well, we listed him as questionable. You know, he didn't throw all week, and we had to get to the game, and that was the first time he was going to throw to see ultimately how he felt, if he felt like he, you know, could drive a throw, those type of things. Um so he was he was confident uh, in it, in it. Like I told you guys, uh, he's disappointed. 
Um, but I wouldn't make it any more than that. And then just the, your thoughts that you, you, you going through the film this morning, uh, with D with DTR and what he was, wasn't able to do, uh, your thoughts change, uh, as far as how you approach that game, or do you think that if you could do it all over again, you do, you, you just stick with, uh, what you ended up going with? Well, if I could do it all over again, I, I think anybody coming off a loss would probably change some things up. Uh, that's my job. Our job as coaches got to put these guys in position to succeed. Uh, didn't do it enough yesterday. Hey, Kevin. Um, I know there's a lot of circumstances involved with the run game, losing Nick and Jack. Um, but what can you guys do during the bye to stabilize it or improve it? Yeah, we can be better, uh, obviously. I, I trust in the guys we have. I trust in the scheme, uh, those type of things. We're four games into the season. So it's it's a you know an incomplete sample size uh, to draw a ton from it, but we can be better. We we will be better. And you know it feels like a lot has happened in these first four games. Um, does it feel like that way to you? And like how do you process kind of everything that's gone on? Yeah, it's the NFL, honestly, Scott. Every 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 year we say it, you can't predict what's going to happen. That's why everybody tunes in. It's, it's unscripted, as far as I'm told. Hey, Kevin, I was going to ask you about the offensive line and Scott talked about the running game. What can you do to get on track? And you look at the numbers and, you know, the, they had like four sacks and 10 quarterback hits, tackles for loss, a lot of them. Is it is there anything you can do on the on the offensive line and shuffle that around over the over the bye, or just correct it? Yeah, we, we trust in the guys we have, Fred, I, I think. Uh, we can play better, we can coach better, uh, but we trust in the guys we have. I've been going off of that with um, with Elijah. What are you kind of seeing? Just I know yesterday obviously the circumstance with the um, with the loss for yards, but what have you just seen the way that he's handled his role and like kind of understood what needs to be done in the running back when you put him in those kind of situations? Yeah, obviously, you know that was a tough play the other the other day, um, but he's a we. We want to continue to get him the ball. He's going to be a big part of what we do. Uh, you know, he has versatility where he can line up in the formation. Um, but we, we, and we, I, we will do a better job of getting him the ball. Following up on that, is it like a mindset shift, shift at all, I guess, when you go from more of a like wide receiver role to then that kind of running back and where he has to work on that at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think like anything, you know, with with your roles, you, you start to carve them out and they evolve over the season. Uh, anytime you can uh, do more, you know, we're going to explore ways to get guys the football in different ways. Uh, but he, he certainly uh, works hard at, at, at learning his job and then doing his job as well. Hey, Kevin, when when you have uncertainty at the quarterback position like that, I mean, how much la how much of last week did you spend kind of game planning with the idea Deshaun was going to play? And then how much were you, how much were you able to actually adjust when you found out he wasn't going to? Yeah. You know, again, that's our job. Truly. It's, it's our job as coaches. You put a plan together uh, and then the backups execute the plan. And then based on who's available to you, you adjust your game plan both during the week and, and in game. So uh, it's what happened yesterday was not an issue of, you know, not knowing if DTR was going to play that that was not it at all. Um, we just have to coach better and play better. Hey, Kevin, um, obviously Ninjoku was a late add to the injury report with um, that household accent. Did you get a chance to talk to him about it? And how is he feeling? Um, and did he go to the hospital at all after what happened? 
Yeah, I'm not going to get into the specifics of it. I'll let Dave kind of handle that. Um, you know, with, with the result we had yesterday, it's hard to feel good about anything. But uh, but the way he played was unbelievable to me with what he went through. Uh, just And not just, you know, the, the pass game, the run game. Uh, he's the first guy picking his teammates up off the ground. It felt like every single play. Um, so he, he was a warrior yesterday. It was, uh, it was impressive to watch. Kevin, the, uh, uh, the, the use of Harrison Bryant continues to be interesting to me. I'm wondering, that's a very slow developing, complicated play you had. Was, was that in the game plan, the flea flicker, I mean, was that in the game plan for Watson or specifically for DTR? I mean, it, I wouldn't, it wasn't specific for Deshaun. It was just, uh, felt like we'd have an opportunity to take a shot there. Uh, and that down the distance. Hey, Kevin, um, I got one about Deshaun. You, I think you talked about letting it rip. And when we watched him throw Thursday, Friday, Sunday, like it never felt like he threw one full speed. Was he able to try that at all during the week? No. Yeah. Ultimately, and that's, you know, ultimately what we're trying to, you know, give him an opportunity uh, yesterday to see if he could. Okay. And then defensively, um, what did you think the issues were, especially in that second quarter where they had those two long touchdown drives? Yeah. You know, it, a couple different things, obviously, you know, uh, they give them credit. The quarterback made a couple plays that they ran the ball. Uh, they had a couple scheme runs that were good. Uh, we just got to correct them. That's what today is about. But, um, you know, I thought by and large, our defense, you know, that's a tough out uh, with that offense. I thought they, they competed. All right, coming up next, we will go around where we stand at the in the AFC North at our bye week. That is coming up next. You look at the Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet Sports Betting Partner, your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Pet Supplies Plus giving you the chance to win tickets to home games all season long while providing the best details for your pet at over 75 plus locations in Ohio. Enter to win tickets at clevelandbrowns.com slash Pet Supplies Plus. Receive a coupon to use at your local Pet Supplies Plus with your entry. Pet Supplies Plus, proud partner of your – I thought I was going to be able to do it. Close. You, you were close. there. You were right close. at the close. end there. It's the second one you were that on gets that you. precipice. I was right there. Yeah. Add precipice to the to that and then try it. Yeah, get it. Throw another P in there. Throw it in there. See what happens. Um, all right. So, you get healthy in the bye week or as healthy as you can get uh, from an injury standpoint. Um, Deshaun will obviously rest and presumably be ready to go by the time he gets back. You would certainly think uh, miles is feels like no, nothing to be concerned about there. Posick. Was there anything else injury wise? No, that, that's all the coach mentioned. Coach said, if we had a game this week, Posick's probably not going, but okay. Right now it's day to day miles boot precautionary is what he told the media yesterday. Okay. Um, How'd Nick Harris do coming in? 
He did fine. He had a couple. He had one real nice uh, block in pass pro. But our line struggled in general. I felt that there was too often that one, four of the five would have it working, and then one of them would not. And unfortunately, uh, that was that was a problem. And I think you know we all know that there continues to be a big problem at left tackle. Jed Will's six more pressures allowed in this game. Um, it's it's tough. When you watch the tape back, there actually were some times where maybe we could have made some plays, mm-hmm. and those were the ones where you would get hit with that early pressure, and it would completely disrupt whatever chance that you had. So it's been very unfortunate that you know that has happened. But I just wanted to throw one stat out real quick. We've given up 49 pressures as a team, 49. Jed Wills has given up 18 of them, 18 of 49. So when you think about every pressure that's credited to somebody on our team, mm-hmm. he's been responsible for 37% of them. Now, that includes, we're talking, that's talking wide receivers, tight ends, oh, yeah. running backs who are giving up pressures. When you look at like just on the line, the pressures given up by just people on the line, you know, you're only knocking off about a handful of them, but it's 18 of about 44. That's it's got to get better. I mean, it is, and it's been disruptive to what we are attempting to do as as a as an operation. And and I think that's that's tough. Dewan Jones gave up a couple pressures yesterday. We've done a bad job for whatever reason on the left side of the line, which is Jed and Joel together on those kind of just te stunts, the twists where yep. the tackle take goes up into the the defense tackle goes up into the tackle and then they loop around and you know. Dorian was running for his life, got away from Clowney twice. Clowney should have had a couple of sacks in this one. Um, but, yeah, that's tough. What's wild in this one, so DTR is under pressure on 44% of his dropbacks. Like, that's just too high. That's You're not going to have success in the NFL doing that consistently. Now, on the other side, we came into it, one of our big keys of the game was what was pressure You know, on Lamar had been the worst. His rating was in the 20s. We pressured him on 46% of his dropbacks. We generated a lot of pressure. Yeah. He went five for eight for 94 yards and a touchdown on those plays with a rating of 142. So he looked like the MVP of the league, he, you know, like he, he looked, looked like a couple of years ago. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. And they had, they had the answers to the test. It seemed to me um, now the good news. And again, this is silver lining stuff, but it's worth mentioning. Uh, the division was really, really bad yesterday. So four weeks in to the season, Baltimore atop at three and one Pittsburgh is number two. They're two and two. We are tied at two and two, but obviously we have the two, you know, conference losses or divisional losses, and the Bengals are one and three. So I had it was one of those rare instances where you could watch our game and their game at the same time. One was on Fox and one was on CBS yesterday, so you could watch both games at once. Um, and so I I had them on, and they were they were far worse off even than we were, you know, because they are playing Burrow and the they Bengals. were hopeless. The Bengals were absolutely hopeless in this game. Did I mean, did I say it wrong? You, no, 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 you yeah, just yeah. Didn't, I didn't know if you yeah, could have watched about the Bengals. Steelers. Or no, the it was it yeah. was Bengals. Titans on one and it Got was it. it was Brown it was our game on the other and so um and the other TV I had on red zone so I was able to kind of keep a track of everything that way but um Cincinnati is in a big deal of hurt with the Burrow situation and it's grinding against everybody down there um Jamar Chase not pleased at all as you can imagine he's open post game because he's open a lot here is uh Jamar Chase this was post game after a big big loss to Tennessee how frustrating is that for you to be on the field and see things going the way they're going. <laughs> uh, I just got to do what I can do, man. 
trying to help the team, make the team as best as I can. That's my job. Uh, anything else, you know what I'm saying, just be a teammate for my guys. Four games this season, do you feel like you've had less time to get open and create space for yourself? No, nah, I'm open. I'm always open. Excuse my profanity. I'm sorry. T. Higgins is not. In fact, he went down yesterday in the game, so they're beaten up a little bit too, like we are, like everybody is. Um, but they do have a major problem with Burrow's health. As I mentioned earlier in the show, they're Arizona and then Seattle. That's the next two weeks for them. They are one and three, and then they get their bye week. Um, but he's, he cannot drive the football down the field at all. So it's they have no over-the-top pass game whatsoever. It's wild because, I mean, they were very, very good at it. Now Higgins is down, and you feel like he is – can't wait to get out of there. It's a, it's just crazy how quickly it is derailed for the Cincinnati Bengals. His health. He cannot throw yeah, the ball it, down the field. A, there are things be going on, it feels like, much beyond Well, I think his that health. there is – yeah, I think it's a communication issue. I mean, you saw Mike Brown say, hey, pull him up to him on the golf cart, and I think the presumptive thinking was, hey, this is a long-term commitment. We don't need you playing. Correct. Don't come back until you're healthy. He's Burroughs playing despite it, which – you know, helps you win over a locker room, but also long-term for their health is not ideal in any way because anytime I talk to anybody about the injury he has, they're always quick to say, look, this is going to be pain management the rest of the year for him. Like, it might not be right all year. Well, it feels like, used to the locker room, it just feels like there's a lot of discontent. Oh, there could be discontentment in that locker room. Could be lack of satisfaction with the coaching as well. Sure. Um, with which, So that could be the case. I mean, losing breeds that for sure. Um, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. was hapless yesterday just pathetic they lost Pickett to an injury as well um yet somehow they're two and two well we know how somehow they're two and two here was uh, mike tomlin after the big big loss down in houston will you contemplate any changes or is it still too early regarding changes regarding hell yeah we got to make some changes man uh, that was that was that was an ugly product we put out there today and so uh, we're not going to do the same things and and hope for a different outcome. What those changes are, man, we'll put together a plan uh, in preparation. Man, I love that. <laughs> I love that answer. He's Hell yeah, yeah we're, we're going to make, make some, some changes. changes. We're not going to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, they have some finite problems, obviously, offensively. And the picket injury will add to that. But Maybe they get better with Mitchell Trubisky. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um I don't think it could get worse. Yeah, Stroud picked him apart. I mean, he he hit guys in stride routinely in in that game yesterday. Um, Baltimore is without question, as we sit here, the healthiest of the teams. Both not necessarily They're on not the field. Healthy. They're beaten up, uh, but just in terms of their the look of their operation has been the most consistent through a month. Yes, our highs are higher than their highs, and they have not had the lows that we certainly right. have had, and, and we have had them. So. It's it's frustrating. You absolutely are in a position where you could be three and one and you'd be fine with that. Say, okay, this game, you know, we lost. I think it would the feeling would be so different. And there's so much frustration. I think there's so much, as my mom would say, angst in and around this fan base and the tension and the nerviness, right, about this football team mm-hmm. that it almost feels like every week is a complete referendum on everything associated with the team um, and that it feels like there's just a lot of pressure for this football team to be good and justifiably so. There is justifiable pressure for this team to be good. There's a nerviness. Yeah. So the, there's a nerviness I in the fan word. base. Yes, there's absolutely. a nerviness in the um, – yeah, everywhere. I mean, these stakes were huge, are huge this year. 
Uh, this is this is there is a window. This was among the years in the window. Yes. Right. Yes. And so even if it goes south in Cincinnati, and this year is a lost year for them, they've been to a Super Bowl two years ago. They were in the AFC Championship game last year. Like they've accomplished things that you'd love to accomplish around here. Yes. Um, of course, the they haven't accomplished the ultimate prize of winning the Super Bowl, but they've gotten to that point. So there's good stuff in the bank. We don't have that. Yes. We need this year to go. And that's where it comes from. And that's why when you sit at two and two and you go, man, it's just opportunity lost is what it feels like. Yes. And so there needs to also be kind of a reworking of how we go about our business over the course of the next two weeks because you do not have the incredible insurance policy that is Nick Chubb. And so the way we kind of do our operation needs to be addressed probably too. I still think that this team has a defense that is elite. I think that you have a quarterback who has been elite in his career, and you saw the last time he played his best game as a Cleveland Brown, so that's encouraging to me. And and that's what's going to have to carry this football team. It's going to have to be about, you know, Deshaun Watson and this defense and and playing complementary football. Our special teams units have been good. We haven't generated much in the return game, but our coverage teams have been very, very good. Our kicker has been very, very good. You get a schedule now. 49ers very difficult, right? The next five games, though, I think you've got to go three and two in these five games. And if you do that, then I think you're in a position where you're going to have a chance to make a nice little run as the schedule kind of lessens up a little bit. So you got Browns against the Niners at home, at Colts, yep, at Seahawks, Cardinals at home. So it's the next six games. I'm sorry. You want to go four and two, I think, in these if you can. At the Ravens, that'll be a tough one. Home for the Steelers. All right. So to me, uh, clearly the most winnable one. There, there are two that are just got to be, and that's Arizona and, and Indy. Those have got to be wins. Yep. The Richardson kid has flashes, but he's wildly inaccurate. Yes. So there's you, you, you should be able to. And then after that, you have two that are absolutely winnable because it's at Broncos, at Rams. Well, so then you get Broncos, very, Rams, very Jags, Bears in the next four. Yeah, so, so even three if you out go of those three, four should be wins. Even if you go three and three, and you're sitting at five and five, I think you have a chance to still be a you know playoff team. Yes, absolutely. But if you can go four and two here, yeah, that would be an inc- a very very have, good situation because then you get the and then it's the Texans. You're after that you go Broncos, Rams, Jags, Bears, Texans, Jets. Bengals. That's your final seven games. Yeah, I mean that feels like a six and one stretch. You got to get. We got to get there. But you got to get there, and so and the Niners will lose a game at some point this year. They will. They're a full day though. Oh, they are elite. Yeah, they are a. They are the cleanest operation by a wide margin in the league. Correct in every. They're winning. They're it's dominant. It's dominant. They're doing. They're doing whatever they want on every level. (laughs) There's no question. Um, At Seattle will be tough. At Baltimore will be very tough. Um, But the rest of those you should. You should you should handle your business a little bit. We'll see how it all goes. But um, I guess if you're it, it, you're grasping for straws and silver linings, and the one thing that is absolutely true a month in is this division isn't what we thought it would be. This conference, conference two. But even in the the short the quickest path to the postseason is to win your division. Yep. That Baltimore team has its own flaws as good as they've been the first month. To, I agree with your point absolutely. The, the lows haven't been as low, but their highs haven't been as high. They haven't had, like, a totally clean operation yet. No. Not by a, not by a damn stretch. Their cleanest was probably 
obviously yesterday. But Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's got big problems, and Cincinnati's got monster problems. Like nobody would have thought Cincinnati would be one and three sitting here a month in, and worse than that, having complete uncertainty at quarterback with Burrow. So the division has come way down for what we thought it would be a month in. Yeah, I mean, what's wild, too, the Steelers are 2-2, two and two, same as us. We are still positive 16 points in the differential. They're negative 38. There are only four 3-1 and one teams in the AFC. You're only behind four teams, one game behind four teams. The Bills, the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Other than that, everybody's 2-2 two and two or 1-3. and three. There are no 4-0 no teams or no 0-4 oh teams in the AFC. Well, you, you think about it like – if, if, if we did that exercise of who thinks they're a Super Bowl contender, we absolutely would have considered Jacksonville yep. in that, and they don't look it. Cincinnati, we would have been in it. Denver. In that. They lo- don't look it. I mean, uh, we were Denver's all kind of thinking that Denver just, would rebound. Well, because if Denver's defense was what it had been the last couple of years, which they made a change there with Vance Joseph and it is not going well. No. they would. Their offense is actually fine. It's fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, fine. The, the Chargers are winning in spite of their coach. The Chargers are yeah, the Chargers are good. He did it again. He, Do you know what he did yesterday? <laughs> no. Oh, Malensic oh. told me this morning. He did the same thing. Inside his own 30, a couple of minutes left, he tries running the quarterback sneak with Herbert. To, to, and again, same. of same. What, what did it end up final? They covered, I think, but it was. Right, because the guy threw an interception. The guy at the threw end. a pick at the end. Um, 24-17 was Okay, the so it's 24-17. They've got the ball in like their own somewhere in the 20s, fourth and one. And instead of punting it to a rookie quarterback who has to go the distance on you, he calls a sneak. They go for it. He calls a sneak. They don't get it. The Raiders then have the ball at the 20-some yard line going in to go tie the game. He did it again. He gets bailed out over and over again. Because of his talented football team. That team wins in spite of him and every Herbert is so good, and they just – how did they do not deserve that? Th- that guy has no business. How about Khalil Max six sacks in this game? I mean, O'Connell had no chance. The kid was he was running from his life the whole time. The Raiders aren't very good, is the truth of it. But like, no, they should no. have they should have absolutely boat raced him. But again, it's it, first Herbert first play Herbert goes out. He's like this because he can't hear. It's a home game, and yeah. he can't hear because they're playing the Raiders. Yeah, be well. And that's the way it goes. There's no. There's just no. But I mean, he did two weeks in a row. He did the same thing. No lesson is learned. And so now he bails out on it. He gets bailed out twice on it. Um, All right. We believe the Hoff will join us coming up next. Either on the phone or in person here. Very good. One way or another, the Hoff will join us coming up next. You have that to look forward to, which is very, very nice. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner here Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns avocados from Peru and Meyer want you to enter the ultimate football sweepstakes for your chance to win a 2023 Ford Lightning electric pickup truck, a VIP tour of the cross-country mortgage campus, or a $1,000 Meyer gift card. Visit your local Meyer, clevelandbrowns.com slash avocados for more. And now joining us on the Twisted Tea Hotline, the great Hoff, Joe Thomas. It was your day yesterday, buddy. I wish it could have ended a little bit better, <sighs> sadly. Uh, but it was. it still had to be a very special moment for you and the family. 
Yeah, it was obviously a super special day being able to get my Hall of Fame ring and have the whole family there. And I think for me, the highlight was probably running out of the tunnel with the kids in tow and my son trying to beat me. But I had to let him know right at the end, <laughs> he's not got me yet. I still got to step on him. And so he's still got to work on that speed just a little bit. How is your youngest? Because it looked like in the in the midst of the tunnel, she took a little bit of a got a little bump. Oh yes, she took a digger. I didn't, I didn't even realize it because I was kind of leading them through the tunnel. Yeah, you just behind you. The end. Yeah, she was right behind me, and and the wife was like, "Oh my gosh, did you see Reese?" I'm like, "How, how am I supposed to see Reese on the back of my head?" And she's like, "Oh, she tumbled <laughs> right away." And the poor kid was like crying. I think on stage at the beginning, but it's, she's yeah. a tough kid. Being number four, as you know. You get beat up a lot, so she's used to scraping the uh, the knees and uh, rubbing some dirt on it and getting back in the game. Joe, what has all of this uh, been like? I, and I'm curious your view of it through your kids' eyes because obviously when you played, they were so much younger, um, but now they will have full memories of all of this. What what has this been like for you the past couple of months and obviously uh, the, the hall obviously being the, the big moment, but obviously an incredible moment here yesterday. What has this been like to have your kids to share it with? Yeah, it's just been incredible. I mean, being able to see how passionate they are as Browns fans and football fans, it's so cool because when I was playing, like, they would come to the game, but they had no idea what was going on. They're, like, they would wear right. the jersey because that's what mom put them in in the morning. And, uh, you know, they, they were in their diapers. Um, and we had some cool pictures of me with them at training camp and, and the game and stuff. But to see pure joy on their face, to be able to run out of the tunnel with them, and to wear their jersey, for them to ask to wear their Browns jersey and, and how proud they are of their dad is all you ever want as, as an, a parent and as a father. And, you know, as a, as a player, especially as you go on in the years, you start thinking of, like, why am I doing this? You know, what what am I getting out of this? Why am I putting my body through this? And the big thing is, like, you're doing it for your family, you're doing it for your kids, and you're doing it for that next generation. So to see the pride in their eyes, has just given me so much great joy through this whole process. It's awesome. And I know how important it is to you and how special it is to you and, you know, getting to go out there with them in front of the stadium. Did they think it was pretty cool to, like, see the stadium from the field, even though it was halftime, but to kind of have that experience? They did. Yeah, they love being on the field. And now that my son is, uh, you know, following in the Bishop. He's a baller. As a, uh, as a baller on the flag football field, <laughs> he loves being out there on the grass. Right, because the field we play on is is literally just grass in a park that's got some paint on it. There's no goalposts, there's no bleachers, there's nothing. It's just right. a square in white paint on some really shoddy grass and dirt. So to go out there and see the most pristine field in pro football and to be able to walk on that grass, I mean, the field in Cleveland Brown City is amazing. I had people asking me when they installed turf yesterday, and I go, it's not turf, it's just the grass is so perfect, it looks like yeah. turf. And so for a young kid to be out there and to be able to chuck the football around, I mean, he's on cloud nine, which is cool because you, you do as a player, you're around it so much, you start taking stuff for granted. And I'm sure players that have kids that are a little bit older that come to everything and they're going to the games and they're on the field all the time, you start to take it for granted. It's just human nature. So it's cool to see that since he doesn't really experience it all the time, he still appreciates the heck out of it like it's the first time. Well, and he got um, he got the full spectrum then uh, yesterday with uh, <laughs> the with the way the, bad. the good and the bad and of the it ugly. off. Um, <laughs> this was it just sucked. I mean, you lose Watson early, and then it just felt like there was no 
there was no backup plan if he wasn't able to go. And obviously they fully anticipated him playing. We've heard from Coach earlier uh, that they anticipated him playing. Um, and it was just something they just could not overcome. Um, what did you make of, of the approach and what you saw on the field from the Browns yesterday? I was with you guys. I mean, I was, I was shocked. Based on what we saw from DTR in the preseason, it seemed like the moment wasn't going to be too big for him. He was going to be accurate operate pretty efficiently i mean you kind of assume that you would see somewhat of the same version of what we saw in preseason and i know it's preseason football i get it you know we had a game when brandon whedon was first here that he lit it up in the preseason and we were like okay here we go now now we're going to do it but you do realize that the preseason there's not really game planning so they're not trying to take away your strengths and attack your weaknesses you're not playing as many starters so there's obviously a lot of difference but I mean, I, I still had a lot higher expectations, and I kind of assumed that as long as DTR didn't turn the ball over, he was going to make enough plays with his legs to be able to keep us in there. And our defense was going to keep it a low-scoring game, and which, you know, by and large, I think the defense did a good job. It wasn't their best outing, just because they were on the field the whole time. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was definitely disappointing, and, and it was frustrating. And you start to get nervous, like, hey, if DTR is going to be our guy and have to play a little bit more, Deshaun's hurt for any length of time. Like, is he going to be able to jump out of this and be, got, be the guy we thought he was going to be when he was playing really good football for us in the preseason and let us uh, trade Josh Dobbs away? Yeah, and it, it just felt like you're going against a very professional team in the Baltimore Ravens that are always good. And, and I have a question for you. When you have guys, you know, you're a rookie quarterback, and when you were working the middle of the field, and that's what he was trying to do, I feel like it takes such subtlety, right, to be able to use your eyes to move the linebackers out of your throwing lanes and throw it in. And I think that's something that veterans, you know, learn how to do at a high level over time. But when you're a rookie and the guy on the other side, you got Roquan Smith that you're dealing with and Patrick Queen, it felt like it was just so tough to get anything going in the middle of the field because it felt like they knew what we were doing by reading the body language and the eyes of a young quarterback. Is, did you see that same type of thing happen in the game? And, and how difficult is that? You know, that's a tough matchup, I think, for a quarterback. The quarterback of the defense, that Mike linebacker, when he's as good as Roquan Smith. Yeah, middle of the field is really tough just because of all the bodies you have. And when they're changing between split safety and post-safety defenses, the responsibilities for certain areas and zones in the middle of the field, they're changing constantly. So it can be difficult if you haven't been in that situation a lot for a quarterback to know, all right, let's say I want to go back to my number one read who's on the right side. I need to look off this guy. This is the player I need to extend my eyes in that direction to create the space so I can come back and throw the football, let's say, in that curl area to a team player or whoever's going to be on the other side. But if you're having a hard time recognizing what coverage it is, they're doing a good job disguising. You don't maybe necessarily know right off the bat who I'm supposed to give eye disguise to. And then as a young player, you can panic a little bit. And all of a sudden now you're like, ah, I just want to make sure he's open. So now you're staring down your receivers. Yep. And then you're falling right into the hands of what the defense wants you to do. Joe, and it's, you know, look, you got a rookie quarterback. You know that's going to be a learning curve on that. The, the thing that I think was also disappointing was just an inability to get the run game going at all. And, and some of that is the reality of, you no longer have Nick Chubb, and that's something that we certainly have to acknowledge. The best running back in the league is not playing here for the rest of the season due to injury. But also, it doesn't feel like we're blocking up front the way that we are accustomed to under Bill Callahan. What do you, What did you see? Yeah, obviously the run game just looks different when Chubb's not in there because he was a the guy that made 
a run that was only blocked for one yard go for four because of his ability to find the crack and then make people miss or just drag guys forward for a couple yards. Now, Jerome Ford's not the type of guy who's going to be dragging a lot of defenders, but he's still got some speed. He's got some quicks. I think it's probably a combination of both. Like, the holes weren't quite there. I don't think they quite figured out what Jerome is best at. Um, and so you saw a couple of flashes, but overall the run game just wasn't there. And that was the only thing that could have saved you on a Sunday when your quarterback really wasn't playing good and you realized that hey, he's just not going to be able to throw the ball much in this game and we're going to have to win it running the football. So this run blocking scheme, and we're doing, we do a variety of things in it, right? It feels like when you go back and watch it on tape off and in the run game, it really does take all 11. It feels like one guy's blocking the wrong guy. You have two guys going to one guy when there are two guys that needed to be blocked. It feels like we're just making almost kind of in real time mental errors. Why is that, why is that happening? Yeah, so I'll say um, when you spread people out and you get defenders out of the box, so if you go four receivers or even three receivers, but you're spreading them wide, yeah, the box seven guys or the six guys that are up front that you're going to be responsible for blocking are very clear because if they're in the box, they're probably responsible for a tight end or a running back or they're part of the run defense. If they're not, they're probably in coverage. So you can kind of draw a line in the sand and you know who to worry about. And so if a guy changes position, now you have to communicate and change your blocking assignments or exchange them. It's pretty easy because there's not as many of those. But when you start running some of these concepts with multiple tight ends or your receivers are a nasty tight split, so they're a little bit closer, now it becomes a little cloudy as who you have to block. So you got to do a lot more zone blocking. And so with Nick Chubb, it was great because he was really good at the pinpole stuff, right? And our guards are yep. great at that. And that was sort of what we became very well known for, famous for. Um, I don't know if Jerome's the best at those concepts. And on top of that, if there was a guy that was unblocked because of a mental error. A lot of times Nick Chubb was so good, he'd just make a miss or he would he erased break it. the yep. tackle. But we don't have that horse right now in the backfield. So a guy that they screw up a communication because the defense moves or there was not clarity about who's supposed to double to which guy, that guy comes free and now it's a eight-yard loss or a 20-yard loss if you're running a reverse versus Nick Chubb kind of erases it and uh, – plays that magic eraser role and you don't even realize it and so it's not something that sticks out in your mind at the end of the game Huff Jed Wills it, the struggles are continuing six pressures in this one he's been responsible for of the on pro football focus of the assigned pressures for the Cleveland Browns he's responsible for nearly 40 percent of them himself he had multiple penalties yesterday he got beat badly in the run game causing a couple negative runs you know what are you seeing from him and how does this get fixed because you know if you're getting I don't care who you are Lamar Jackson was the exception to the rule yesterday looked like the former MVP but when you're under pressure on 50 percent of your dropbacks and a lot of runs you're taking contact in the backfield. You're not going to be a good offense. And a lot of it seems like it's coming from that left side in Jed Wills. Yeah, it seems like the confidence is not there. The communication has not been there. Um, I thought he played a good game last week. I'll, I'll be the first to say it. Um, against the Steelers, he had that critical mistake that led to the loss. And yeah. I was hard on him. I thought overall the game against the Steelers actually was better than the perception because one play does define a game for you, but to your point, unacceptable lack of communication at times when you're yeah, on the stunts, like basic stunts. Yeah. 
basic stuff. And I, I worry that sometimes things snowball and you got to find a way to stop the bleeding. That's the first thing you got to do in your own mind. It's like as a cornerback, if you get deep for a touchdown or you get a bad penalty, you got to forget about it. You got to just go to the next play. And sometimes he doesn't seem to be able to do that. I think about one of the plays, it was just a weak side zone. And Jed, in his mind, thought Joel was working with him. But what, and I don't, I didn't talk to either of those guys, so I don't know what the communication was. But clearly, Joel and his center thought they were working defensive tackle to the linebacker. And Jed took a wide footwork to be able to double or double team and reach block the defensive end, thinking Joel protected his inside. Well, Joel wasn't there because the communication wasn't there. They weren't on the same page. Yep. The defensive end runs in the backfield, tackles are back for minus seven. Jed looks confused or lazy, like he doesn't know what he's doing. But it was just a matter of not communicating to your guard and being on the same page. Like, hey, are you working with me or am I by myself? Because if I'm by myself, I got to take tighter footwork and I got to wheel and turn if this guy makes an inside move on me and I can't just keep working at the second level. So being on the same page is so important. And in, your, in their fourth season working together, you have to have the expectation that they're going to Yeah, you, there's no question. I, the other thing, Hoff, and that we're a month into this thing, so I, you know, I think there are, and obviously, no, Deshaun yesterday is an enormous factor, but, um, you know, with the loss of Nick Chubb, I'm wondering where the explosive plays are going to come from offensively because we haven't really seen those yet either. Obviously, hope Watson can do that when he returns and he's healthy, and I want to ask you about that in a second. But um, in terms of where this roster is without Nick Chubb's explosiveness, where will do you have to have that? I mean, you watch Buffalo, you watch Kansas City, you watch the teams that you're trying to track down. They all have that home run ability. I'm wondering where it comes from for us. I think you have to have explosive plays in today's NFL. It's too hard to go 8, 10, 12 plays in ADR. It's not realistic because defenses are so good that even if you start a drive and you've got a theme going, they know how to quickly go to a different scheme on defense to stop what you're doing and it exposes them in other areas and you got to be ready to adjust but you have to have that big playability to be able to score in one or two plays on a drive to be able to keep yourself in some of these games that maybe the run game isn't working um and so i think the hope is that deshaun's back it's when he scrambles gets outside the pocket and you got this talented and fast receiving core that's going to be able to break open and get behind the defense because they are so fast um, with Elijah Moore and Marquise Goodwin. But you're right. You haven't seen it. And if there was ever a game that you wanted to see it, it would have been this week with no running game and with a quarterback that's struggling to do anything consistently completing the football. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I think that, you know, sometimes the shot plays have been there and half it does feel like Take even, for example, I thought it was a brilliant play design to go with Harrison Bryant in the sneak, and then he pitches it back to DTR, and you have Amari Cooper running in for an easy touchdown. And again, DTR's got to heave it because one guy breaks down in pass protection. All of a sudden, then he's forced to kind of throw that one on the run. You get the pass interference, but it, it does feel like whenever we get ourselves in good opportunities for big plays, chunk plays down the field, those are the plays where our protection, one guy gets beat, and all of a sudden it throttles the play. And I think that we talk all the time, football's the ultimate team sport, and it feels like 
we cannot get out of our own way in those situations. And really, that's been the theme of the season, right? Turning, losing the turnover battle every game. We haven't been able to get out of our own way, and yet we're still 2-2 two and two and are probably all pissed that we're not 3-1. and one. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable to sit right at 2-2 two and two thinking, especially that you couldn't have done anything more to try to lose the Steelers game, and it had yep. not been for a bad call from the officials at the end of the game. You still might probably win that game. Um, yep. And so I think maybe there's the glass is half full perspective thinking about it that way. But certainly the frustration has to be building and the sense of urgency has to as well, knowing that this is a really talented team. You're two and two and you haven't done hardly anything that a good team does protect the football, make the, the plays in the critical moments, being able to execute and capitalize on the opportunities. Like they've done none of those things on offense and yet you're still two and two. So, Hey, is that something that should panic us or should it make us hopeful and optimistic for the future? I'll let the fans at home decide that one. <laughs> yeah. Hoff, the, um, you know, Nathan, I talked about this off the top. I want to get your view on it as well. Um, we were all expecting, I think, that Deshaun Watson would play on Sunday. Um, he went out, he gave it a couple of throws and said, I can't, and nobody, I'm not questioning, he knows his body better than anybody else. But is there, is, should a discussion be had, and should there one be had behind closed doors, maybe not even publicly, about the dialogue between player and coach? Because it does feel like the Browns were very much anticipating him playing on Sunday, and I don't know if they were even concerning it would be that close of a call on Sunday. Yeah, just being at the practice on Saturday and talking with Coach Stefanski, I think there was no doubt in anybody's mind that Deshaun was going to play. Now, I wasn't there for practice this week, and so I guess I didn't see him. And I, I'd heard he really didn't take many throws. And I think the anticipation was, hey, we're not going to throw you this week a whole lot. Get that shoulder right. We feel comfortable with our plan that once Sunday comes around, you'll be able to take all the throws. And then when Sunday came and he came out for warm-ups, he just didn't have the arm strength get it there because of that shoulder injury uh i don't know what the full plan is but certainly they need to do some after action report and look back and say okay this can't happen again we've spent the whole week preparing planning game planning that deshaun's the quarterback and all of a sudden it's not fair to our rookie backup to put him in the game to throw him out there against one of the better defenses in the nfl without having taken the reps during the week without having thrown with his receivers and without a game plan that fits what he does well, as much as him and Deshaun are fairly similar as far as their skill level with their talent, like both fairly good scrambling, throwing quarterbacks. Um, but still they do things differently. And there's plays that DTR are going to be comfortable with that you want to put in your game plan right. to give them the best opportunity for success. And so having a situation like that is the worst case scenario for, for a rookie and for this team. And so you got to figure out, Hey, where did we go wrong? Because clearly there was either an anticipation or an expectation mistake, or there was a communication error that Deshaun or somebody was giving us news and feelings that Deshaun was going to be going, and then something happened and he couldn't do it. Yeah, it's frustrating. And, mm -hmm. and, and how take us into the mind of players because – the bye week is here. You know you've got the Niners coming to town, who right now I think it's pretty safe to say is the best and most complete team in the National Football League. Uh, just the, to us, it feels like in the media and in the fan base, right, the loss going into a bye week lingers so much longer because you don't have the ability to, to kind of flush it, turn the page, get ready for your next opponent, and then play later that week. 
whereas the win it feels like would last just as long, you know, the two weeks as well. Did play do you, as a player? Did you guys ever think about that, like going in the bye week, that going in on a win or a loss, that it that it mattered at all, or is it just kind of get away from football and then come back and and get back into the routine? So I think having a win going into a bye week was always important for me for a lot of reasons. One, usually your coach was a little bit more lenient and uh, nice as far as how many days you got off and how they took care of the body, whereas you got your butt whipped they were pretty likely to make you have some pretty tough practices. And it was like payback time for the coaching staff and they were going to be grumpy all week. So obviously you wanted to try to avoid that. But um, I think for the most part, players do a pretty good job of realizing, Hey, this is my one chance to have a mental refresh during the season. So no matter what happens on Sunday, at some point in the next couple of days, you got to get your mind away from football. You got to find a way to unplug to be able to recharge your batteries. Cause when we come back, full go the rest of the season and there's a long season ahead with a lot at stake and we're right in the midst of it and so you got to find a way to be able to forget about this and not let it linger now you want it to sing so that it motivates you to make the corrections you need to be better when you come back but you do by the time whenever they're fully off i'm not sure what their schedule is like this week but whenever they're able to get away from the building they need to do whatever they can to unplug get away so they recharge that mental battery yeah, it is, and and Z and I went over the schedule. Like it's brutal coming out, but then it's a it's a pretty soft last seven games. So everything that you want to accomplish is there for you. Uh, you just have to get rolling in the right direction uh, here when you come back from from uh, from the very very early bye week. Uh, still, so much more to come with the Hoff. We will continue with this, the NFL at the quarter mark of the season. Uh, we will get to that as well. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner. Your Cleveland Browns now live in Ohio on eight fifty ESPN. Right here, right now, find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And does your furry friend have what it takes to beat out the competition under the dog race sweepstakes presented by Milkmore for a chance to have your pup compete in the annual halftime dog races? Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash contest to enter and check out more from Milkbone at your local grocery and pet supply store. The Hoff now in studio with us, fresh off the boat. Ah, uh, yes. Victorious. A great Got my fishing flannel on. No Got ring. My... Where's the ring, Hoff? I was ready to be blinded yes, by it. Yes, yes. I was planning to bring it, but the uh, busyness of the morning yeah. and the, the scatteredness of everything that happened 
especially with a cigar and beer hangover this morning. I was like, I, I can't bring the ring fishing because Not on the you're, you're certainly going to go reach no. in to grab the 10-pound walleye and forget about it, and whoop, she goes can't to the bottom that. of Lake Erie, and I don't know if you'd find that one. So no. I was like, all right, may, maybe after the show I can like race home, and no, it didn't work, so we'll have to wait till next time. I will tell you Leave this you wanting more. from the booth. I could see it like sparkling yesterday. Yeah. So what is it? Describe it to us. Significantly larger than I expected. Huge. Cut that one up, Gibby, and you can use that for the rest of the season. It is huge. It looks a lot like, honestly, a Super Bowl ring. Not that I have one, but um, size-wise, it's uncomfortable to wear on your finger because it's so large. Yeah. Uh, It's got a beautiful blue, some type of stone, and then a big beautiful diamond in the middle with diamonds everywhere. It's got your Hall of Fame bust on one side. It says Pro Football Hall of Fame, which I think is really cool. So and, cool. And I think wow. it, was, it was lost on me a little bit that it's not the NFL Hall of Fame. It is the Pro oh. Football Hall of Fame, which just that little nuance is, is kind of cool. Yeah. And after getting it and going back up to the suite that we were in with all of our family, it was really special for me to be able to give it to my mom, have her put it on her finger, take a mm-hmm. picture, give it to my dad, give it to my in-laws. My kids all wanted to take a picture. And Whenever you can still do something that uh, makes your kids and your parents proud, that is athletic, even though I've got no more athleticism in my body, it feels really good. It feels really good. And and that that was, that was special. Like just to see how, how cool they thought that was. Yeah. Let me ask you a question because no, hold on a second. No athleticism left in him. Get out of here. Get out of here. Guy's got a 38 pack right now. Let me ask you this. Did you know? That the ring came with the jacket when you first found out. I, I did not really know about that. Neither um, did I. I yeah. never heard of a Hall of Fame ring. I just, you knew you get the gold jacket. Yep. I had no idea that there was a and, ring. And the jacket it. is amazing. And it's cool being relevant and recent that you come to an event and they ask you, hey, can you wear the jacket? So it gives you a great opportunity. <laughs> but I know that's going to wear off. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be wearing the jacket at date night at the country club with the wife. Like, there's only a few well, places. You oh, should maybe have I will. I'll wear it date night at my house, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. See what happens. A little Christmas dinner at the club. That's right. Start. I like it. All right, Christmas dinner might be allowed. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like the opportunity to wear that jacket is probably going to be fewer and fewer other than Hall of Fame or, like, football brownsy type events. But with that ring, like you can wear that a little bit more often. Yeah. And I feel like, especially when you're around your kids or something like that, where they want, like, come on, Dad, wear your ring. It gives you a great opportunity oh, yeah. to have something a little more subtle than a giant gold jacket with a <laughs> uh, six-foot-by-six-foot patch on my breast. As subtle as a giant diamond in yeah, right, right, ring yeah. can be. I, right. Not so subtle, but more did subtle you know? than a gold jacket. Did you know the rings? I, did I didn't. Not. I did know that people who went in the WWE Hall of Fame got a oh. Hall of Fame ring, but okay. I did not know. No, I didn't. The, I thought it was the, the jacket. Football and... Hall of Fame. Yeah, the jacket. I mean, what more? Jacket, what more do yeah, you need? Yeah, it's amazing. The jacket it's an is elite. Incredible bonus. Um, we are, great we are what amounts to be a quarter of the way through the NFL season. Um, it's kind of seems guys that the overwhelming thing that jumps to my head when I, as I say that out loud was just the injuries, mm. Tredavious white down yesterday. We have had the most significant injuries Rogers on opening night, Nick <sighs> Chubb, which we saw like, um, just a, a ton of injuries, Conklin, so many injuries mm-hmm. around the league. Um, j- for just a quarter in, does it seem like it is more than normal or is or are we just am I just maybe just because it hit us so hard? Yes and yes. Yeah, injuries are weird. Um, it's like memories. Like everyone always says, "Oh, the time went so fast." Like for me, I can't believe I've been retired six years. I can't believe my rookie year was sixteen years ago because you remember just like big moments yeah. 
through time. And so with injuries, those are big moments in your season and big moments in the NFL season. So you just remember them. They're in the front of your mind. And I do remember, though, almost every year of my career thinking the exact same thing. Man, yes. I can't yeah. believe how many injuries there are. It seems like more people are getting injured this year. Now, I don't know if that's just my perception, but I would love if the NFL, and I'm sure they're following it, just to kind of see, like, are there really more injuries right now? Are there less injuries? Or is it just more to key players? Or is it just always the way it is because they're so devastating to a team and a franchise and they're so in your face with NFL news that we we think about it that much more, and so we have this perception that there's always more injuries every year. And fantasy, I think fantasy has a lot to do with it. Because significance too, yeah. of the injuries yes. are what hits us and this year. Is the well, I mean, you're talking about faces of the league with yeah. Nick and well, you Rogers lost and, Aaron Rodgers, who was yeah. the the story of the league. The Jets yeah. were the yeah. story of the league, and then that's just been completely derailed, vaporized in mm-hmm. four places. Mm-hmm. I mean, vaporized. So I think. I think we have this conversation at this time of year every single year. Yeah, I feel like yeah, we, we it's always there's so many. It's, it, look, it, it is a tough game, and in many cases, it's the best team, but it's also the team that can stay the healthiest no that that is going to ultimately have success in this league. All right, quick hitters, most impressive team through four games. Mm, San Francisco Niners easily. I, I don't even. I think second is eighth. I would if the Dolphins had gone up to Buffalo and won that game, they would be the other answer. Yeah. But the way that the Bills throttled them was pretty impressive. I'm going to throw a wild card uh, out there for you guys, the Lions. Now, I'm biased because I just did their game on radio on Thursday. Yeah. But they a look lovely job, as, by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, much help from the great Z over here, the experienced pro. But um, seeing them in person and seeing their balance, to me it reminded me of 49ers light. It was diet 49ers because they run the football, they're physical. They don't spread you out as much as San Francisco does because they like to play a little bit more condensed with extra tight ends. But the same creative type horizontal run scheme, play action pass, tough defense, like that's going to be a tough out. And I don't know where the season goes. I think injuries are going to play a lot, large part. But they look good from top to bottom. And they're going to add Jamison Williams to that mix, which mm-hmm. is going to give them a whole that's level. That's the of only thing the offense doesn't have is that deep threat right, right. now, that field stretcher. Well, he'll get it back. now. He's <laughs> yeah. back. Two more oh, games. Oh, he's going to change the rule. Right. No, he's back. No, six games. No, they changed the rule. When? Like Friday at, Friday 5:30. at 5 o'clock. They changed the gambling rule. Effective immediately, Jamison Williams was reinstated. There, like he's playing this three, week. I didn't hear two that. two or three guys that yeah. can start today. It's Stop two it. lines. It's, it's the two out. lions. Are you kidding they me? They adjusted Friday, the gambling policy. news drop, yes, they, they adjusted, changed, adjusted the gambling, gambling? Yes, the, they changed the policy, and Jamison Williams is reinstated. Retroactively. Jamison Williams is playing this week. That's outrageous. Wow. He's back, baby. Wow. And as somebody who has him in every single fantasy football league, because they're all keeper leagues, and I... I waited last year, didn't work out. I said, uh, I'm going to redraft I'm him again dealing this with year. It, yeah. He's back, baby. Wow. Jonathan yeah. Taylor, so, by the way, also back. Um, his practice so, will open on Wednesday. Taylor can be back. Cooper Cup can be back. Yeah. They said the biggest change made, changing the punishment for players who gamble on non-NFL games at the facility from six games to two games. Yeah. So he should have actually only been out two games. So now it's two games. I think then it goes like to six, and then it's a year or something like that. If you're third, I'm sure they'll get him his money back. They also the they also agreed to reduce the suspensions for three players who were suspended a few weeks ago for gambling on non NFL games from six games to four games. Wow, that was, was that an arbitration thing, or did the NFL just they revisit just, their policy? They met and with did the players' union, and something okay. came out of this. It was literally at five thirty. Zagura's right. Like Adam Schefter's like, oh, by the way, this happened too today, and <laughs> wow. These yeah. guys were all back yeah, on Jane Monday. Back, and I was baby. like, wait, what? Uh, and then they changed it. If you bet on the NFL, they s- made those penalties much harsher. Now, first one's a year. Second one is two years. Third is lifetime. You're pay, done. You're done. 
Wow. That seems banishment. Fairer. Yes. Yeah. I think they should be able to bet on anything that isn't in the NFL. I don't think I, I And I don't care where they – like, why is it okay if I'm doing it yeah. two minutes away sure. as opposed to in this parking lot? Like, what difference yeah, does it make? And I they agree. clearly have admitted that it's not as big of a deal by reducing the suspension. So it's almost yeah. like, well, why is there even the rule then? Yeah. Most disappointing team through the, through the first quarter. Well, it's the Jets, and it's not their fault. Take injury out of it. Take injury out of it. Most disappointing team – the. Well, would you say that Joe Burrow's played every game, so does he count as being injured because it's the Bengals? Well, that's a big – I don't know if you had it on in the suite by chance, but they they cannot press the ball down no. the field at all. Mm. Nothing. They can't do anything deep. Mm. Um, it was kind of a coaching malfeasance. It reminded me of what happened with Justin Fields here a couple of years ago where they just – it's like they're trying to throw him healthy, Joe. Mm. It's the craziest damn mm. thing, and he's not. So yeah. it's – they they have real big problems. Like we're mm. two and two. We wish we were three and one. Feel like we should be three and one. Yes, they're one and three, and are maybe lucky they're one and three. Mm. Well, they rely so much on the quarterback doing superhuman things with his decision making and his accuracy and distributing the football to his playmakers. That when you lose just a little bit of that, I mean, it, it totally cripples the entire yeah. team. Now their defense was very well balanced and well rounded, and they mm -hmm. can kind of play that matchup game because they could be whoever they wanted to be, but I think the loss of their two safeties honestly yes. is a very underreported story right now because that defense was really – I mean, that got them to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Those guys had eight interceptions combined last year. And they were... you lose, you gut the middle of your back end like that. It's tough to recover from, especially you compound that with now your quarterback's not the same guy he was last year. I love that he said that because remember, we were interviewing somebody from the Bengals. Jay Morrison. That, and I was like, yeah. I feel like – Nobody's talking about the fact talking that about they just got rid of their starting safeties and everything's going to just be fine. Like it's all going to be fine. We got a journeyman fifth rounder from the Rams who started one year yep. in Scott, and then Dax Hill didn't really play much. And obviously they drafted him for succession planning and that. But yeah, I thought it was wild that it's just like oh yeah, but everything's just going to be great. <laughs> everything's fine. Yeah, Are your fine. runner ups for that for your little thing? The Vikings, Chargers, Jags. Chargers are two and two. Jags are they're two. Jags. Chargers are. If you watch the Chargers play, Broncos? the positions that that coach puts him in. Broncos. Just I was going to mention the Broncos. Broncos defense is massively disappointing. I thought the Bears would struggle. They yeah. felt like a team yes. that would struggle to me. Um, but the, yeah, Denver being that bad, yeah. they're really fortunate. I'll give you another one. And I know they're two and two. But the fact that the Atlanta Falcons did what they did is so, by the week becomes more insane. B. John Robinson's awesome. I'm not saying that he's not. I think he's a tremendous player. But the fact that they did not get a quarterback that could even play. Two like, straight drafts, buddy. They could have done it the year before when they drafted Pitts Drake London. Or Drake London. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They could have done it two years but in a row. They could have if I'm them, if I'm the Bears right now, okay, I have my pick and I have Carolina's pick. Mm -hmm. At this point, you want to you want to go one, two. You want to go Williams of and course. Marvin Harrison. So, yeah. And th those are the two winless teams in the NFL. So it's in play, right? Mm -hmm. Don't you just say, let's just send Fields. If I'm Atlanta, I'm like, we'll take your guy. Go tank. Give us Fields. Give, it, give me would, a chance. He might thrive in that offense, too. With, and you or put at him least in a dome. Better, yeah. You put him in a fast track. You've got big weapons. Pitts is huge. Drake London is huge. You've got yeah. big targets. So if he's not the most accurate, like you've got guys with big catch radiuses. I don't know. I mean, why would you not? I think them not going for Lamar Jackson when it was like an in play that Lamar Jackson could be on the move last year is crazy. You put Lamar Jackson on that Falcons team, they're the third best team in the in the NFC. Don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, what do you make of the fact that Bill Belichick got beat the worst he's ever been beaten as a head coach on Sunday? 
What I've always said about Bill Belichick is that he's the greatest coach of all time. But the difference between him and number two is very small. And the credit he got between the difference between him and number two was that there was this chasm. But it wasn't like that. You just didn't realize it because he had Tom Brady, who was the ultimate eraser. And so now that you don't have that guy at quarterback, even though he's still a great coach, the tiny mistakes that Belichick has made in personnel – they're coming Tiny. back to they're large. All right, l- large and mistakes. Consistent. <laughs> yeah, inconsistent. The GM. You can't overcome that stuff. Yeah. And so the fact that they're getting their butts beat in and they don't look like there's any hope and that they've got no playmakers, it's not a surprise to me at all because I've been saying it for a while. Like, Belichick's amazing. But him versus you pick a middle of the road coach in the NFL, it's not that big of a difference. But being there for a long time, having a system that people just plug into, having Tom Brady, making sure that everybody falls in line with everything they do, that was their secret to success. And so the fact that they're struggling without Brady is not a surprise to me. So they had the, you know, he and Joe Montana, the two goats, they had one of the two goats at quarterback, and he never put them in a financial situation. He That's one of the, I think, that's the most underreported things about his career is that he never was – he always kept himself kind of in the middle of the pack with the way he did it. Never demanded to be the highest ne- paid. No. Mannings did. He no. did not. Yeah, he did not. No. To me, that's kind of what led to his departure a little bit. He was always like, I'm so. taking less money. I'm doing all these things for the franchise, and you still don't give me any love. You still don't respect me the way Draft I should be Garoppolo. respected. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think it contributes as well. All right. Uh, Gibby wants to know your top four teams in the NFL at the quarter pole. Top four? Mm-hmm. Top four. Top four. San Francisco, Miami, Philly, Kansas City. Actually, I should probably put Buffalo in over Buffalo Miami because they them. just slumped them. So Buffalo, which are basically the four so teams Buffalo, we thought at the beginning. How, how odd is that, that Buffalo loses the opener after Rodgers goes down and it's has insane. been slump city since? Yeah. They've dominated people Wrecked since. People. Yeah, since. They've, ridiculous. Hard to argue with anybody there. I would still keep Miami in there because – They're the top five. I think those five are in a class. I, I, uh, I think there's recency bias. Obviously – if you're a Bills fan, you're going, well, come on, we just beat them. But I still think what Miami has been doing is something that's going to carry through as a theme the whole season. And, yeah, they lost this one, but I think overall, if you give them five head-to-head matchups with the Bills, I think Miami's going to win three out of the five. I'm curious to so see. So your fifth was Dallas? No, my fifth would be Miami. San Francisco, Buffalo, Kansas City, Miami. Who am I missing? Philly. Oh, Philly, yeah. I think those five teams are. Philly still is not. No, but They haven't gone yet. They like have not keep, gone, and they're undefeated. They're, yeah, they yeah they're just they haven't gotten going the way that they should. No, and yeah. yet, and yet they haven't lost. They have not lost. <laughs> yeah. Never lost. No, never lost. But I think that's kind of the, that team though. They they're a find a way to win team. They're a balanced team. Their quarterback's good, but he's never going to be Patrick Mahomes, and so they're going to just be able to kind of morph a little bit and win however they have to. And I think that's kind of like their superpower is they don't yeah. have to beat you one way. No, they can beat you in a lot of ways, but they're. They when have they, some things that they travel, have though. not clicked yet on offense, and when they do, then they can start mm-hmm. slumping people. As again. he always says, they start every series first and nine. It's true, <laughs> so that helps. Um, they block it, and they, they get <laughs> that's a good one. That, that Jalen Carter dude is a Unreal. game wrecker mm. in the middle. That defense they lose tackle. Hargrave, and they just add. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, we'll here, just, here's the we'll best them. overall player yeah. in the draft. We'll just throw him in there. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, if if you were to bet your vast estates. It's got to be San Francisco and Kansas City, isn't it? Like, are you really going to bet against Mahomes? That's what Getting you like right now. Super Bowl? I mean, right now, if the Super Bowl, if there aren't catastrophic injuries to those teams, if the Super Bowl teams do not come from those five teams, I'd be shocked. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Shocked. Yeah. I mean, it feels Maybe like there's Detroit. real separation there. Mm. Um, yeah, the, the Dallas injuries were pretty brutal in terms of – And um, what happened against Arizona? It's just – too burned into my memory to forget. Totally. Like, this team is so, trying to lose, and you got your butt stomped. You laid, by an stomped. you laid an egg. They play the Niners this week on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. So that'll be, that'll that, be fun that's to watch. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Gibby wants your top three quarterbacks a month in. In the league? Yep. Mahomes, Herbert. Herbert's playing elite football, and probably, I mean, it's got to be Tua or Josh Allen, right? Fair. I like Tua in there. I'm curious to see what happens with Miami next week. Like, you know, there's a copycat league. So is there something that Buffalo did schematically mm -hmm. that is people are going to pick up on and be able to use? Because it's not like their personnel is elite right now. They don't have on, you know, they don't have. I'd have to look at this. I'm I, just curious to see if Miami, like, say they have that and then they go right back out mm -hmm. and drop another 30, 40 spot. You're like, okay, they're mm -hmm. fine. Or did, was yeah. there something cracked right. that's going to slow them yeah. down? That's the fun part of an NFL season. It's like every two weeks you've got to change and become somebody new. Yeah. Because what you do well, they're going to come up with a game plan that's built to stop that. So you got to be able to pivot and morph. And for Mike McDaniels as a young coach, you have all the answers when you're playing against static X's and O's on the chalkboard. Totally. But as soon as those X's and O's are changing and morphing, how quickly can you become a new version of yourself and change what you're doing on offense to take advantage of how teams are now playing you? So, yeah, Chess it's, match. it's – that was a red zone one for me. So they, it's fourteen fourteen. Yes, and it was then like it goes twenty one fourteen, and then it's punt two two possessions of punt punt. Buffalo had one too, and then Buffalo goes touchdown, and then the turnover happens. So at that point, then you're chasing it. Yep. At yeah. that point, so then you're down two full scores, and then you're you're kind of chasing it a, a little bit in in terms of the way that that thing goes. Um, I agree with you. I think these are the those are the teams that have certainly separated from from the pack. Yeah, it's been those. Those that group of them, and we got one tonight. This it's been pretty lackluster on the primetime game. I'd like yeah. this to be a good game. This I, could be a fun game. I don't know. I'm kind of I don't know. I'm, not, I'm kind of fatigued on this one. In I just this is, doesn't appear to be like a lot of fun to watch. This one, Seattle and, and the Giants. Right. Seattle doesn't have the juice for me because as much as Geno is playing well, like in my mind, he's still not a starting elite quarterback in the NFL. And it's hard for me to get excited about a team that you just don't feel like they have the horses to be competitive at the end of the season. All right. We will get our scores on that coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, it is Seattle. It is the G-Men Gibbe. You want to do it? It's your, your, this is your this is your operation, pal. On I the can. Scores when it comes to the scores. All right, Seahawks, pretty good team, but coming east to face the G-Men. Never been on board this year. Frankly, I think they suck. Uh, and Daniel Jones uh, should never have been paid what he got paid. If you were curious what Gibby thinks about the yeah, Giants apparently so. Daniel Jones, so. you are no longer curious. You uh, could have just given the Seahawks huge. You said it all you needed to <laughs> say. It does it. Zagura yeah, lead us off. Yeah, I'm still feeling I'm feeling good about this Seattle team. I think that, you know, you got to get Jackson Smith and Jigba unlocked, but they got Metcalf, they got Lockett. I, I think they're just a better team. Kenneth Walker, it looks like Saquon's out again. Makes them kind of one-dimensional, them being the Giants, so... I like the Suck. Seahawks. Is that known? It's he's doubtful. Battle ninety eight Giants one. Joe Thomas. Mm. 
Yeah, I like Seattle three, Giants zero. I do not believe in the Giants. They're just in disarray. Yes. Daniel Jones just way too slow processing the game. Yeah, without without Saquon, I was kind of going to ride the home dog a little bit yeah, in this yeah. one, but uh, no Saquon. It's hard to find a path for it. I like I like Seattle as well in this one by three in a tight one. Uh, you have a chance to to equal the record. Yes, it's with a win, be. you could yeah. get it. I'm 13 and two this week right now. Whoa! Oh, went 14 two. Was it week one? Whoa. Week one, yeah, yeah. right mm. out of the so, gate. Every, oh baby! Oh, yeah. Every oh, day. Day. Baby. Oh, yeah. Come on! Great seeing you, Hoff. And what a weekend! Thank you, guys. It's always great to be awesome. with you. All right, the next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.